So, uh, before we begin, I should mention that this week's interview talks about depression, burnout, and cults. Uh, in particular, the Quiverful Movement. So, that's your warnings. Uh, the other warning we have before we get to the one about our language is that we live in a house with animals, uh, several cats, some dogs, there are some chickens around somewhere, and they make noise too. And that's fine. We'll uh, we'll work with it. And finally, we swear a lot. Oh, we swear. We 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 do. It's a problem, uh, or not a problem, depending. And so we have to mark this as explicit because there will be explicit language. I got nothing. Um, so welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode one hundred and forty-three. We are at day thirty-two. Of our own self-isolation. Yep. And... I guess it's social distancing. We rarely leave the house, but we do go out once or twice a week for groceries or the feed store. uh, As needed, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. uh, but we have certainly eliminated all non-essential anything. Yeah, it's, it's mostly the dump and picking up our grocery order if we can order in advance and having to do shopping if we don't. Yep. So, you know, uh, I've had uh, an up and down week. Last week, I had uh, difficulties focusing and didn't feel like I really got that much done. Um, I've been on call now for five out of ten days in a row. So I'm taking a day off next week to recover. Uh, I cleared that with my manager uh, this afternoon, and I'm excited about that. And I am proud that. of you for being like, I know I'm going to be dead. I am going to take this day off. And, yeah, and he's like, nope, perfectly understandable. Ten days in a row on call in some format. You, uh, nope, do it. So I'm going to go ahead and schedule that for Monday uh, when I sign into work in the morning. Uh, that's uh, really it. I mean, you know, uh, had a good day with – I mean, today was a good day. I solved a problem, uh, two problems. One that was going to be causing problems for other on-call people later, so it was good to get it sorted now. Um, and uh, I'm part of the opensource.com correspondence program. We had our weekly meeting today, and it was always uh, fascinating, as always. That didn't sound quite right as it came out of my mouth, but... <laughs> Um, the idea that we talk about the things we've been sort of researching, and I am putting uh, – I've been doing some research on a particular kind of online game, the old school mud, muck, moo, mush stuff, and very frustrated with it There's because I wanted to set one up. I still kind of want to set one up. No promises, folks. Uh, but – and then I realized that all of these are open source, and I could I can get at least one article, if not more, out of it. And so that's something um, I'm probably going to start poking at writing because now I have all of this. You were telling me yesterday because I was like, I I am so frustrated. And you're like, that research is not wasted. And today it was like in the meeting, I was like, that was not wasted. Absolutely not. I can I can come up with an article for that uh, based off of this. And I think it would be good. Uh, So that's, you know, that's that's been me. The I think it was Neil Gaiman who said that uh, projects he worked on not for money or any, but because he wanted them to exist were never wasted. Yeah. And yeah. even if you don't get the project you thought out of it, 
the time is not wasted. Like, I do not regret the time I spent working on cryptic stitching. I, I, the game I tried to do, I realized eventually I couldn't do it in <laughs> the way that I wanted to, uh, without basically being one woman tech support forever, right. which is my personal vision of hell. But, <laughs> I do not regret the time I spent doing it and and poking at it. Uh, I learned a lot that mm -hmm. even if I haven't found the place to use it yet, it's still it's still useful. Like um, all the time I spent working on, I tried to do a simplified one uh, about nameless sheep. As a matter of fact, yes, and it didn't work. It didn't come together, but. I basically got the story and much of the writing for Nameless Sheep out of it, and I realized that uh, I could just do that as a sort of quasi-illustrated story, yeah. and which is a thing I'd, I'd like to be working on uh, more, but man, there's a global fucking pandemic on. It's hard. Yeah, that's that's been part of it. It's like, I want to get this done, but there's this overwhelming... There's There's this whole worldwide overwhelming situation that sucks away attention and focus and that's okay. Yeah. We're all just like, you know, that's okay. We it's it's hard right now. Uh so we'll see what progress gets made. I mean, and nameless sheep, I can understand, you know, that takes a lot more brain cells and you're you've got deadlines anyway. Yes. Uh, are, are you done with how you spent your week? Should yeah, I start yeah, in on yeah, mine? Yeah. yeah, sorry. I kind of started talking. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't uh, have a chance to ask you how your week went. But. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You, you would have. I, I felt bad. I started sort of talking over you, trying to explain <laughs> the, you know. No, no, no. Uh, the stuff you are passionate about is almost never wasted. It it go if you don't use it for what you think you will, it goes on the mental compost heap. It becomes sort of idea mulch. You know, there are stories I have written or started that clearly were not working and were not going to go anywhere, and later I was able to take them apart for parts. Yep. So, uh, today, um, I was very happy. My agent, uh, was like, yeah, why don't you self-publish the Bread Wizard book? And I said, and, and the Bread Wizard book had a very long and tortured history. Yeah. Um, I started writing it in 2007, and, uh... Which that uh, was thirteen years ago. I I remember reading uh, and doing an alpha read of an incomplete draft. Yes, and then the reading the draft you sent to your editor before the torture began. Yes, and the problem was that, uh, and I don't blame my my editor at the the kids book house I was working with. Uh, they bought it. Because basically, not because they necessarily wanted the story, but because <laughs> Dragon Breath had hit really hot and they were like, uh, it was, they had right of first refusal on the next book and they, I think they thought, oh shit, she's going to go somewhere else. Because I had already had history with another publisher uh, at the time, for one, some weird reason or other, Disney had some interest in some stuff I was doing. Yeah. And they basically just snapped up the book. And, and the editor admitted this, you know, later. The problem was, once they had it, they did not know what to do with it. And this happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. You get a book that... And it wasn't necessarily there was anything wrong with the book so much as the tone was so different than the Dragon Breath books they didn't really know how to make it work. And 
so they they kept trying to tweak things to get it to like gel for what they had of the vision of I think me as an author. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a while it was let's go darker and darker and darker. But they weren't saying go darker. They were like, I feel like the character should realize the horrifying ramifications of what you're doing here. And I think this was an early manifestation of I write very dark things. And because it was had the potential to be a very dark book in some regards, uh, trying to make it um, trying to make it logical that uh because terrible things were happening trying to make it logical that the character was reacting correctly meant the book got darker and darker and darker right. yeah and then one day i was just like look if we keep this up this is uh the diary of anne frank with magic and that is not a thing i'm willing to write and the editor was like you are 100 percent right and i have no idea what the hell to do about it and so it just got backburnered for a couple of years, and you ended up trading it for, for another book, for yeah, another for book. Castle Hangnail. For Hangnail, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I was like, "Why don't I just write you a totally different book and you give me this one back?" And they were like, "That would be great," <laughs> because they loved Castle Hangnail. They knew what to do with it, and uh, and this happens sometimes. And I want to like reiterate: this is not the editor's fault. The editor did not really fail in any way. They were trying to write, or they were trying to make sure that the Ursula Vernon experience, for lack of a better term, for kids buying books <laughs> was a certain type of thing because kids like a certain amount of predictability in what they read. They find a thing they like, they want to read a whole bunch of things like that, which is great. You know, I, I we want them to love reading. And there's also the parent parental expectation. Right. And so having I write happy fun books about dragons suddenly come out with, wow, look at that body count. And there's literally a murder. Like, there's a dead body in the first line. Yeah, there kind of is. Uh, and so, you know, it 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 turned into this this sort of tug of war between what they needed my brand to be and what the book was and again again i don't blame them because this they are in the business to sell books and make money and they love books and they love finding great books but they are there to sell books and make money not to fulfill my grand vision as a frequently idiosyncratic creator so the book, uh, the book went into limbo, and they gave it back to me. My agent tried to shop it around, and every damn editor was like, "This is cool, but it's not what we want from Ursula Vernon." And and a couple of them even said that they were like, "This is not the book we would want to put out first as an Ursula Vernon book." Right. And God love my agent; she tried for years. Like the minute she met a new. Uh, a new editor for a new imprint, she would be like, I got this thing. <laughs> and every one of them basically came back and said, this is some dark shit. <laughs> <laughs> Only they said it nicely because they were children's book editors. Well, <laughs> but the problem is, and, and the thing is, had it just started out and been all the way dark shit the whole time, that would have been okay. But the heroine is a baker who works with bread. It's all about, she's a wizard yeah, who can only yeah. work with bread. Her familiar is a sourdough starter. She has a little gingerbread man that oh, hangs around with her. Oh, the sourdough starter. And so it, it, it seemed like it should have been a peppy, happy book, and it went places. Shit happened. 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh, did shit happen? And the thing is, I'm still very proud of this book, but this year I was like, hey, can I just self-publish this? First of all, sourdough is really big right now, <laughs> and secondly, the book is done. Yeah, and you know, we might as well see what we can do with it. And she was like, yeah, now would probably be good. So uh, hopefully somewhere around late July, uh, the Bread Wizard book will come out. Um, I think it might be called A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking, but that's still uh, that's still up in the air. It's at the editors right now. So today, basically, I finished my reread and rewrite of it. And all the places where I had kind of toned it down out of deference to my editor, oh, Lord. I stopped. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Kevin is rubbing his forehead. Hold on. I got to I got to send a text message to your editor. Uh, Brooke? Is it the usual? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, she's already talking about coping butter on Twitter. She started yeah. it today. Uh and uh but there are also things that I couldn't really do before that are sort of meditations on how we decide people are heroes so that we don't have to do anything about the circumstances that made them heroes. Once you give someone a medal, you don't have to think about how they came to be heroic or why no one stopped all the bad things from happening. They're a hero, and that just sweeps it all under the rug. And so it, uh, it, and there's a little PTSD in there, I suppose, as there would be. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I haven't seen the reworked darker, but not darker version. So, um, I mean, there's, there's still some dark stuff going on. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I am, I am very hopeful that, uh, people will like it, but I finished the rework today and I had taken a break from editing my one manuscript that, uh, uh, for Tor, which needed a big chunk of edits. Um, not as many as it could have been, honestly, that I got the nicest edit letter of my life, I think, which was, this is a really good first draft this is a really good draft of a seriously brilliant book <laughs> like wow okay uh so i probably will take tomorrow off because rewriting yeah. a book is is a lot um even if a lot of it was just going through going yep that's fine yep that's fine no she uh, someone did get stabbed pretty much in front of her if we should change that uh you know uh, things like that but, uh... Oh, you must have made it really dark. Why? She said she got five pages in and she realized she needed to be doing that one during daylight. No! No way! There's the, No, no, there's nothing scary about that one. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, there's nothing scary about it. There's a lot about not trusting cops, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was always sort of there. Yeah, there, there, uh, There's a lot of mistrust of authority in that book. As I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. So uh, I'm proud that I got that done. Uh, that felt like a big achievement. And now finally this poor book that has been wandering, uh, you know, alone in, in the void for years can, can get done. Uh, I, that's basically, I, and I've been gardening a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. I said years ago that I would really, probably on this show, mm-hmm. that I would love to have a chance to not travel during spring and to stay home and really work on the garden. And uh, wow, I guess the monkey's paw kind of curled <laughs> yeah. up a finger there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, gardens never had mm-hmm. so much attention. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, 
that's us this week. Uh, yep. I, I will have some new stuff I've been playing with uh, in the productivity space to talk about when we roll around to uh, – we've only got uh, seven more episodes until it's time for the annual check-in with Kevin and what's his productivity look like. Wow, time flies. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, for that annual check-in, I've, I've got some new tools I've been using, some new stuff I've been experimenting with, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking more about that. Then I'm just giving you all a little taste, a little preview. Um, so, hey, this interview with Sarah. Um, absolutely had a fantastic time talking to Sarah. Um, there are going to be some points where you hear, like, my eyes. You can you can hear, literally hear my eyes go very wide as I realize exactly what she's talking about. Um, and I will link in some of it. Um, but, yeah, uh, f- uh, Sarah, Sarah Locke, uh, librarian, um, Polly, um, series Bible writer, oh. mostly romances, um, cool stuff, right? So, and I mean, we had a great discussion, had a great discussion, and I am really excited about sharing it with you right after this. Folks, I am here today with Sarah, and Sarah is going to share with us how she stays productive. So, Sarah, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? And as I seem to recall, there was a lot. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, there was. Uh, I am currently in um, recovery from overextending myself. Uh, and by that, I mean I am addicted to doing too many things and mm. then being surprised when I can't do all the things. So right. um, I am a librarian. I have been a librarian for longer than I care to think about. I think, it, yeah, it will be 13 years this fall. Um, I have two partners and five children. Busy. Busy. Uh all 10 and under extra busy. Yeah. Um, and then addition to all that, which is clearly not enough for any normal person. (laughs) I am an author. I have self published six books. Yeah. Six so far. And I have a young adult novel that I'm querying around to try and find an agent for. I do freelance graphic design book covers, social media graphics. Um, I have recently started branching out into doing series Bibles for other writers who are like, wait, I can't remember what this character's eye color was and what car (laughs) they drove. And because that seemed like the perfect intersection of being a librarian and being a reader, really. It's an excuse to read a lot of books. It really is. And get paid for it. There you Um, go. 
Uh, and I am and have been since April 2016 job hunting because I find myself in a increasingly toxic workplace. Oh, those are so much, and I'm putting this in air quotes, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the good news is it will be really hard for me to get fired. The bad news is it's really, really hard, hard to, to get, get fired. fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's everything, maybe. Probably I've forgotten something. That's fine. That's what... When you remember, just mention it, or I'll go, wait a minute, I need to add that to the list. Uh, So with all that going on, how do you keep track of it all? How do you keep it organized? Um, well, I was going to, when I first started listening to the podcast, and I was like, how would I answer these questions? I was like, I don't, but, uh, I mean, obviously I do, because nothing is currently actively on fire. Right. (laughs) Um, and listening to the show has helped me figure out, um, how to formalize some things that I was not doing before that have actually really helped reduce my stress. So I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. That's why I do it. Right. Uh So, you know, I, I'm, I'm flattered and honored that I was able to help. Yeah. Um, I had tried bullet journaling a few years back and it worked great, um, especially when I was leaving my previous job to come to the current job to remember all the things I needed to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Then I started the current job and immediately got very anxious and forgot everything I knew about bullet journaling. That's um, fair. Yeah. That really, it happens. I've picked it back up uh, a couple of times. The podcast was a reminder that this is a thing that sometimes works. Um, it turned more into a, less of a formal bullet journal and more of just a notebook of all things. Mm-hmm. So I just grab the next blank page and write down whatever needs to be written. Yep. Um, especially I have when you and Ursula near the beginning talked about the emergent task planner. Oh yeah. Yeah. I went and took a look at that and I don't use it formally, but I'm going to hold it up to the camera a little bit so you can see. Oh wow. Yeah. So I, the dividing of the day into the hours has been very useful for me at work Mm -hmm. because at my job, I have to do a certain number of hours a week on a service desk, helping people with their library needs. And that is almost never the same from week to week or day to day. It is very much a living document that is subject to change. Oh yeah. And it used to make me very anxious and I had a lot of trouble like, figuring out when I was going to do stuff because I had no idea like when I came into work, what my day was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So um, having that to be like, okay, this is what has to be done at this time. These are the open blocks of time in which you can do other things has been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and for, Things like forthcoming appointments, like mm-hmm. recording this podcast. <laughs> I, Google Calendar saves my ass constantly on a near daily basis. Um, just because I can tell it, remind me this many times at these intervals. Oh, yeah. Because I will forget. I used to be really bad about forgetting appointments and having some other place to outsource it that will poke me as needed is really helpful. Yeah. 
And I have also kind of started using keep notes a little bit. Okay. That's more of a, um, more of a like to-do list type stuff. Like I'm going on this trip. These are the things I need to remember to pack. Yep. Um, and so on. I'm attempting to uh, reprogram my brain's attitude towards rejection um, <laughs> by setting a goal to collect 100 rejections this year. I think so far I am up to 12, which means I really need to step up my game of applying for things and yeah. trying to do things. Um, but I think yeah. it was, uh, um, uh, was it? Uh, Messier, the hockey player. Mm. When he took over the um, the Penguins, mm. who said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. I've heard that attributed to Gretzky, but uh, it might have been Gretzky, but uh, or maybe it was shoot the puck, shoot the puck. If you don't <laughs> shoot the puck, you don't hit the net. Um, take the shot. Yeah. And this is what I'm trying to stop self rejecting myself so much, mm-hmm. and just like not put words in other people's mouths and let them tell me whether or not uh, this is especially important in, as I mentioned, I have a young adult novel that I am querying and the querying process is very fraught because there's this thing that you have made and that is made up of parts of you. And then all these people are saying, well, I just didn't connect with it. And it's like, oh, boy, what does this say about me? Right. On the other hand, the number of of things that uh, I know authors have had rejected and rejected over and over again. And they're like, well, okay, that one isn't going to hit right now. Let's go to the next thing. And then, then everybody wants to buy the thing they looked at the first time. So, you know, yeah. sometimes it comes back. That is, that is the hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I use... I keep things in a lot of different places. I use Evernote for things like, as a librarian, I go to conferences and workshops and things. Mm-hmm. And I use Evernote to keep my notes on that because I can have a notebook for the conference and have all the different sessions in their own little note. And yep. it's a good place to be able to go find it quickly. Um, it's also a good place to collect. It's a better place for me to collect all the, like, weird little story ideas that I don't have time to do anything with yet because (laughs) better for me than just dumping them into a dock because it's easier to flip through them and find the one I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick note to self. There we go. Done. Yep. And, um, I use spreadsheets a lot. I have recently discovered the magic that is, advanced huge array Excel formulas (laughs) because when I started at my current job, um, I am for my sins in charge of the teen volunteers. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, when I started the way that we kept track of hours because they need their hours for school Mm -hmm. or for church or for camp, (laughs) um, or maybe they don't need the hours now, but later on they're like, oh, I remember I did that. Can you tell them that I did that? And it, there was a paper binder where oh. they signed in and they signed out. And so every time someone needed their hours and every t- month when I have to say, oh, these are how many volunteers we have and these are how many hours they worked, I had to flip through the paper binder and add things mm. up. 
and it was a lot. And yes. so I clutched, I looked at some software solutions, but I couldn't find one that looked like it would do what we needed to do for mm-hmm. a reasonable price point. So I used Google Forms and Google Sheets and clutched together <laughs> a sign-in and sign-out form that would dump its results into a spreadsheet that I could then massage until it gave me the numbers that I needed. And so now instead of spending half an hour to an hour calculating people's volunteer hours every month, I go into the spreadsheet, I go, okay, did it error out anywhere? I fix those things. It takes like two minutes and then I have the numbers that I need. Oh yeah. I love that functionality Mm -hmm. uh, for polls, for time tracking, just, oh yeah, here's a quick sign in, sign out next. Yeah. It took me a while because I am completely self-taught in Excel. So it took me a while to figure out the exact right syntax to where it could go. Okay. These are the sign-ins. These are the sign-outs. Take the name of this person who signed out, check it against who signed in, give me the difference. But once I figured it out, it has worked like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And there's that weird sort of hybrid thing that Google Sheets does where it supports a lot of Excel functionality, but... But. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of Googling of how do I make it do this in order to come to the result that I needed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm mostly digital, but I have, like I said at the beginning, I have my notebook of things, and then mm-hmm. t- mostly I outline on the computer because it's helpful to be able to command F and find whatever it is I'm looking for in my outline. Mm-hmm. But um, I was recently trying to figure out a series plot for a modern... Pride and Prejudice, but what if the Bennett sisters were witches and did heist series? <laughs> okay. Um, and so I, in order to figure out how to take the original Pride and Prejudice plot and stretch it across a series, I tried and I tried and eventually I just had to pull out post-it notes and put the different story beats on a post-it and then figure out how do I spread them between the books so that it keeps going. Mm-hmm. And people get the hit of the plot they like mixed in with the other stuff. And that's, uh, that's, so you're a, pardon the term folks. So you're a plotter, not a pantser. Um, <laughs> I'm a planter. A planter. Okay. Um, I used to be hardcore pantser, but then around the time I started getting serious about writing, I figured out that what would happen would be I would have an idea and I would know how it went for a little while Mm -hmm. and I would go and then I would run out of what I knew happened. Right. And then I would stop writing it and be like, I'll come back to this when I figure it out. And I never came back to it. I have several items (laughs) in my works in progress folder that I still have not come back to. And so it took some trying and trying different methods. and I'm still refining the process, but I have figured out a system of outlining that works for me enough to give me signposts to guide me through the plot. Right. Without telling myself the entire story. So I'm like, Oh, I wrote it. I don't have to write it anymore. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's always been Ursula's sort of thing. Um, but I also know that uh, who was it? I think it was Case on her interview a long time ago that that mm-hmm. was how she did it. Was she would she puts the signposts on on different color post-it notes and plots positions like literally plots on a calendar or mm-hmm. a grid what high point she wants to hit. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I found that not only does it allow me to finish books mm-hmm. which is the thing that had caused me to not be serious about writing in the past, <laughs> but in addition to that, it, I write a lot faster. Oh, okay. Um, it's not a perfect system. Sometimes I realize like six, seven chapters in that, oh no, my characters are not assholes enough for this conflict to work so i have to rejigger the conflict which changes this thing um but it is it is enough to keep me moving because as you might imagine from my litany of things that i do i have very limited writing time yes and so when i have writing time i do not have the time to stare at the screen and look off into the distance like Oscar Wilde and wait for inspiration to <laughs> descend upon me from the heavens. I yeah. need to know what I'm writing that day. I need to know where I stopped, what's happening next, so I can sit down and I can go. And just bang it right out. Mm-hmm. And and so there's there's a lot of crossover with this, and I, I'm betting there's still some high points in the how do you keep yourself organized. Um, but there are some crossovers in this uh, about the systems and habits that are important to you. Yeah, absolutely. But I did leave some for that question. Oh, good. I think that's everything that I wanted to hit about how I keep myself organized. Although there are probably things that I have forgotten. Oh, it's fine. Because I didn't write them down. Because you did write them down, yeah. So with all that, and we talked a little bit about it, but what systems and habits, or what other systems and habits are important? Um. Well, I talked about Google Calendar saving my ass regularly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and part of that is that I enter appointments on it right away, like when I'm standing at the doctor's office mm-hmm. or my stylist salon or wherever I'm going, or the tattoo shop or wherever I'm going to have an appointment, I enter it in the calendar on my phone right there. And at least three quarters of the time, they're like, do you want an appointment card? And I'm like, no, I will lose it. Please save it. See, I always take the appointment card, put it in my planner, although I've already put it in my phone Mm -hmm. just in case because I don't know how many times I've been like, oh, crap, is it today or tomorrow? And then the appointment card saving my butt because I remember it as tomorrow, but it's in my calendars today, and Mm -hmm. now I don't know which is right. See, I don't trust my brain, so I just always believe what the calendar tells me. Uh, it has uh, saved me drives to Raleigh on at least two occasions when I'm when I was about to be a day earlier for a tattoo appointment. I bet. Yeah. But yeah, so that is I have been following Ursula's adventures in newly diagnosed and medicated ADHD with great interest. Oh boy! Because <laughs> I have begun to suspect over the last few years <laughs> that it's possible. Like for instance, the other day when I sat down to write, wrote a few words. Googled whether the German endearment my character was using was actually appropriate to the setting. Uh, discovered that it was not. Thought for a minute about what to do instead. Checked my email. 
checked my Slack, checked my Discord channels, forgot what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I'm becoming increasingly certain that I have probably the inattentive form. Um, and so being like doing it right then, putting it in right immediately and not waiting and going, oh, I'll remember because at this point I am 37, almost 38 years old. I know that I will not. Right. Yeah. Um, And another system that has really helped me and it wasn't directly inspired by anything on the podcast, but I, I was able for something about listening to the podcast, got my brain turning over how I did things and like Mm -hmm. blossomed into this. Um, The problem that I've been having over the last couple of years, primarily at my job is that I have been struggling with a very deep depression and at this mm-hmm. point I'm pretty sure burnout. And so I have been pretty good at staying on top of like the things that are most on fire. Uh, if you give me an immediate priority and a thing to work on, I do it. It's good. It's done. The problem is that there are a lot of things in a library that have to be done constantly. Oh yeah. There is no end date. There is no, this is done and you don't have to do it again. You just always have to. And those are the things that were slipping through the cracks because those were the things that were easiest to push to the bottom of the pile. It's like, okay, I'll get to this later, but later never came. Yeah. Or so, later's tomorrow. And then tomorrow has its own set of fires. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what I've been trying this year with a certain amount of success so far um, is every day, work day of the week has mm-hmm. one ongoing task that is the priority for that day. And it's not that I'm going to reach some milestone on this that day. It's that at some point in that day, I will devote an amount of time to this. So, and it has enabled me to get caught up on some things and stay on top of some things that were really very out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in my library, um, we are fortunate to have a, a very large circulation staff that handle most of the actual checking in and out of the books. Oh, nice. And, yeah. Which is, was a surprise to me because before this, I came from smaller libraries where I just did everything. Mm-hmm. And so when the staff notices that something is broken or damaged or just has been checked out a zillion times and is starting to fall apart, they will put a little slip in it and put it on a shelf for a librarian to review. Mm -hmm. And this is important. And then we review it and decide, okay, do we repair it? Do we just uh, give it a Viking funeral and replace it? Right. Thank it for its service and go on our way. Um, what needs to be done about this? Or is this uh, an old R.L. Stein or Christopher Pike book that was mm-hmm. very popular and much loved, but hasn't been checked out much anymore. And might, we might leave that shelf space for something else. Um, and so this is one of the things that I was very behind on at the beginning of this year. I think I had stuff from May of last year Ooh, that I hadn't yeah. gotten to. I had, two full book carts and a pile on my desk waiting for my attention. Oof. And with designating Monday 
mm-hmm. as the day that I do something on this and some uh, Pomodoro sprints. Mm-hmm. I really did not want to do it. I was <laughs> able to get completely caught up to the present, nothing for me to review by the end of February. And I've been able to maintain since then, just do a little bit every week. And so uh, I, that's been really, really helpful for me because just having like, okay, I don't know what my schedule for sure is going to be like this day, but I know on this day I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. has been very helpful. Yeah. One of the, um, when I was first starting to get into the whole life hack organizational scene back in the early days, right? One of Mm -hmm. the things that always comes up has been house cleaning. Uh And I fell under the spell for a brief line of the fly lady. I don't know if you, you, Oh yeah, no, I have been there actually. That was one of my first brushes with the Timpson organization. Yeah. uh, But one of the things she always said is, um, you know, here's the one thing you can do every day that, Mm as long as this is done and then in her breakdowns, it was, you know, this is the day we're going to focus on this room or that room. Yep. And uh, that's essentially what you've done only with the library. Yep. Which is pretty cool. And I hadn't realized that callback, but yeah, uh, I, back when I was uh, very much younger and just starting on having my own household and having no idea how to do anything with cleaning or taking care of a home without my mother there to be like, do this next. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was very useful for me in figuring out, okay, here's how you keep up with this. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and for those at home who haven't uh, looked at the fly lady site or or read how kind of how her breakdown works, uh, it's really fascinating. And the methodology can be applied to a lot of things might not work for you. If it does great. If it doesn't next keep what works and toss the rest. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been one of my favorite things about the podcast to take mm-hmm. a brief diversion is the emphasis that you and Ursula both have on finding the thing that works for you. And that if it doesn't work, it's not you. It's the thing because yep. I grew up in I don't know if you're familiar with the Quiverful movement. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. And so, uh, like, I have a knee-jerk hate reaction for being told what to do. Mm-hmm. But also a deeply ingrained feeling that if something does not work, it is me that is wrong. Yeah. So, uh, having... Having other people who are not living in my head tell me it is okay if this does not work for you has been very, very helpful. I I am, uh, first off, let me just say I am in awe that you, uh, I'm not going to use escape, but you have have come from, uh, I guess, a cult. Yeah. And yeah, you, you have freed yourself from a cult and are, 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 that's, that in itself is a huge deal. And I don't know how many people were saying that, but damn good on you. Um. I was very lucky in that we did not have money to send me to the Christian college. Uh. I got a scholarship to the public university that required its freshmen to live in the dorms. I Mm. like to believe that I would still have made it out, but that definitely made it easier. Yeah. Wow. 
uh, uh, hats off. Hats off. So, um, systems and habits. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was most of it. The other thing I was going to talk about was outlining, but we got into that a little bit in the last question. And so I think that that was most, I was, the, I guess I could talk about the systems of outlining that helped me figure out what worked for me. Uh, that's yeah no that would be fantastic we we don't really necessarily do those deep dives and when when we talk about outlinings everybody just thinks of that classic you know capital i one <laughs> you know with the a indent a indent one indent little <laughs> a dot da, 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 da. yeah uh no please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like i need to make the sign of the cross a little bit <laughs> right. um but no, so when I first started figuring out how to outline, and this is still my recommendation for people who are like, I think I need to outline this, or I don't know what happens in the story is I found a friend mm -hmm. that I could talk to about the story. Ah. And I told them, usually over chat, because mm -hmm. a lot of my friends are uh, pocket friends. I keep them in my pocket and carry them with me. <laughs> and so I would tell them, in like like a bullet point fic on Tumblr, if you're familiar with the form. I would be like, so this happens, and right. then this happens, and then this happens. And so, and I would be like, and this is the point where I get stuck because I don't know what happens here. And they would be like, <laughs> happened? And I said, mm, no, but actually I think this happens. Mm, okay. And I have since been honored to uh, be a rubber ducky in this way for others. <laughs> I was introduced to the term by some friends who code. I oh, have, yeah. I have a number of them, and also one of my younger siblings works for Google. Oh, um, there you go. But yeah, so I have been honored to be a rubber ducky for other people in this way because I am very good at the online equivalent of making mm noises and saying, oh, and then what? Oh, this sounds great. <laughs> So that's how I started, and that's still a lot of the form that my outlines take. I've mm -hmm. added a little bit more in the way of formal structure, um, starting with, um, and I recommend this book for anyone who's interested in writing romance. My self-published books are romances, mm -hmm. and um, I kind of flailed my way through the first few, but it's called Romancing the Beat. And I can email you the title and author. Oh, that'd be really helpful. By Gwen Hayes, I believe. But yeah, I'll double check it and send you an email. Um, it is a short read. It, I think it's two ninety nine on Amazon or was the last I checked. Mm -hmm. um, but it is it is humorous. It is uh, quick moving, and it breaks down the basic story beats that appear in most romance stories and yeah the thing that helped me the most about it is that i am sure uh that you have heard tell of the annoying romances that are the main conflict it could be resolved by them sitting down and actually speaking to each other yes i'm i'm familiar with the rant yes yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'll leave it at that. Uh, mm -hmm. If anyone who's listening doesn't know, go find a friend who reads romance and they will tell you about it at great length. Ursula will tell you about it at great length uh, with the <laughs> slightest prod. <laughs> so the thing that I like the most about this book is that there's an emphasis on creating your characters such that you do not have that kind of conflict. You have a conflict that comes from 
the core of who your character is and what they need in life, but are afraid to take a risk to get. Right. And so that I think has really, really improved my writing and made me more aware of my characterization and where I was struggling before with a lot of romances that I tried to write was that I had a concept, but I didn't know like what was really deeply stopping my characters from being able to be together. And so I highly recommend that book. Yeah. I'll be honest. Really? The only romances I tend to read are things like Paladin's Grace. Paladin's Grace was stunning, and my only complaint is that I read it too fast, which is my own damn fault. (laughs) I'll tell her you said that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, also that I had to work my day job, so I couldn't just, like, glom it in one intense sitting. Yeah. Wait wait till you hear, hear hear the bits about the next one. Oh boy. Like I'm already bracing myself for, uh, what is the, not. Oh, the hollow places. places. Yeah. Yeah. I I read the, the excerpt that came along with the cover reveal. And I was like, this is going to probably terrify me. Almost certainly. Uh, I'm definitely never looking at deer the same way again after the twisted ones. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you live in a rural area, but I, we've Not noticed. Not anymore. Yeah. I did. When I was growing up, we had 20 acres outside of town. And uh, up until my mother sold the house, like the deer would just come up in the yard. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. This, this one is um, ho- the hollow place is very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a southern gothic-y. gothic-y fantasy horror, and there were at least two places where I couldn't stop reading, but I was trying to physically back away from the Kindle at the same time. <laughs> um, and I'm that is all the information you're going to get, because <laughs> well, spoilers. I'm leaving on my friend who book blogs to ask her contacts at Tor if she can get me an ARC. That one's um, Saga. Oh, it's Saga. That oh. one's Saga. Okay. I'm going to ask who I know who can. <laughs> Maybe, I wonder if they put it on NetGalley. Be, the main benefit to my current job mm-hmm. um, is that if I request an e-arc, I am usually Im- very quickly granted it, if not already whitelisted by the publishers. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um Trying to remember what I was... Oh, yeah. So, Romancing the Beat, for anyone mm-hmm. who's interested in writing, even a romance subplot that has depth is yeah. really, really good. Um, and then also, uh, in the same vein, Save the Cat writes a novel. <laughs> what? So, there is a book called Save the Cat that was a guide for screenwriters about the different story beats and how to manage a three-act structure when writing a screenplay. Okay. And a lot of novelists adapt, attempted to adapt that to novel outlining. Mm-hmm. And so um, the person who wrote the original one um, 
I don't think was interested in writing this one, but they hired someone else to modify the system for novel writing. And okay. so that one is, I didn't find it as useful as Romancing the Beat, but it's good for me for when I need a certain kind of B plot to go and mm-hmm. look and say, okay, these are the, these are, this is what happens. These are the expectations that these genre readers have. This is how you do a thing. Right. Right. And so those have helped me um, because I am at this point reasonably confident in my, in my ability to write a romance plot, even though I double check when I'm outlining, but as I, but I have, and part of it is internalized misogyny and part of it is just uh, anxiety, I think, but I have a lot of imposter syndrome about being able to write something that isn't romance. Oh yeah. Because I spent a lot of time telling myself that I didn't have enough ideas to be a writer because all of my ideas were romance ideas and I didn't think those were like real things that I could write or that it was good enough if that was the main plot. Yeah. I managed to deprogram myself of that, but I'm still having to remind myself that yes, I am allowed to write fantasy and write sci-fi if I Mm -hmm. want to. It is okay. I am good enough. I am capable of figuring this out. Uh, well, absolutely. Um, and anyone who out there who's saying, well, I can't do this, it is possible to do it. And I'm not going to say if you try hard enough, but um, sometimes it's just getting past that barrier of, of your own mental block. Having children has been really helpful to me in this respect because... <laughs> Uh, because like I, and I'll be honest, a lot of my parenting has been predicated on basically do the opposite of anything my parents would have done. Uh. Um, But, uh, I, and I was a school librarian for a time, so I followed educational research Mm -hmm. and near the beginning of that career, I came upon a study about what they did with seventh graders. And this is old news now, but they found that. One group, if they told them they were smart, at a certain point in usually algebra, they just hit a wall. Could not figure it out. Mm -hmm. The control group, if they told them, look, this is how brains work. The more that you do something, the more connections your brain makes on it, the better you'll be able to do it. These kids were chronic C&D students. Mm -hmm. But by the end of it, they had passed and mostly brought their grades up because they knew that smart wasn't something you were. It was something you do. Right. Right. My partner refers to it as a growth mindset. And so that's been something that I have tried and am trying to instill in my children is, and that's one of my favorite things about their current school is that all over the school, they have the word yet. Oh, Okay. When they came to that school, the principal said the reason for this is because we don't say, I can't do that. We say, I can't do that yet. Yet. Nice. And so, um, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it is it is a thing. Your brain is amazing. You can teach it to do the thing. It's a lot like the, um, there was a dental study. It was, this is, it's the most ridiculous thing. It was a dental study about uh, improving people's, just 
basic habits. Mm-hmm. And if, if people were told what a great job you did and uh, just, you know, oh, you know, how awesome it was a job you did, then maybe the next visit they didn't do as good a job. Mm-hmm. But if they were told, man, this is a, a much better job than last time and you're improving, then mm-hmm. they continued to improve each time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, so. we try really hard not to be like, you're really good at that with the kids. We say, I can tell that you're working really hard on that. Yes. Yeah. You worked really hard. Uh, goes as continue the good work and you will get better. Mm-hmm. So, Awesome. All right, I'm on page two of notes already. Oh. <laughs> and and these are just like my, my Cliff Notes sort of pseudo bullet journal style. I, I have my own little style where I put a plus in front of things that I'll probably want to link later and, and dashes to indicate, you know, high points to uh, to revisit. Um, anything else in the systems and habits? I think we mostly covered that. Awesome. Well, how do you start your day typically? What's um, the, how do you decide what to do first? Well, um, a certain part of my day is pretty much set in stone, which is at 6.30, the children have to get up. Uh, I am familiar with this, yes. And they have to get on the bus to school. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is, that is the first. That and coffee is always first. Oh, God, yes. Um, I have... It's been about a year, I think, for the last year or so, and it's not every morning, but it's most mornings. Most mornings, because we are the first stop on the bus route, the kids get on the bus really early. Mm-hmm. And so most mornings, if I don't stand in the shower longing to stay in the shower forever, I can make it out of the house in time to spend anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes at the coffee shop writing. Mm, nice. And so that is something that I have been trying to make a priority and have been trying not to feel guilty about carving out time for myself with. And some days you just need to stand in the shower for an extra 10 minutes. <laughs> Believe me, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. even if I'm only there, honestly, some of my most productive days are the only days that I only have about 15, 20 minutes. Because mm-hmm. I know that that's all the time I have, and uh, the words just fly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, I think, probably one of the flip sides of um, being probably ADHD, is I am a chronic procrastinator, but oh boy, I work well under pressure. Yeah. Inevitable crash. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wrote the final essay for one of my comp classes uh, 45 minutes before the class in college because this is who yep. I am as a person, apparently. Understood. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and then work. Uh, is and there. Work. And I try to start off the, mm-hmm. the modified ETP I showed you. I try to start my day with that. Because mm-hmm. until I get to work, I don't know. Well, okay, I know before I get to work if anybody has called in sick because uh, nobody has taken me off the list of people who need to know that. And so that's <laughs> helpful in managing my expectations because if we have mm-hmm. three more people out sick, uh, last week we had uh, two of our four children's librarians tested positive for flu 
and then I tested positive for strep. So that was a fun time. Well, that's a week. Yeah. Um, but so tiny I, orange cat, you're blocking the camera with your head now. Okay. It's, better. It's a good head better. though. It's it just it's just an orange blur. Um, yeah. And and now now she's cleaning herself. So the the image of me and folks, you know, I don't share the video. I kind of wish in this instance you, <laughs> I did because I'm flashing in and out uh, uh, as the cat like licks her paw. Okay, head down, sweetie. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So I I know I have kind of a picture of what I'm walking into in the morning. Mm-hmm but I don't know for sure like where I'm going to be needed or for how long. So the first thing that I try to do is like lay out my hours that I'm here. It's like, okay, when do I absolutely have to be somewhere that somebody else isn't sitting there for 15 minutes going this bitch. (laughs) Right. Did you know you were here? Um, And so once I know that, Mm-hmm. And I know when I'm taking lunch because priorities. Oh yeah. Then I look at that and I go, okay, these are this is the day for uh, working on new books, looking at new books that I might want to order mm-hmm. and putting them on a, in a cart for ordering. So uh, this is the time when I will set aside that I am definitely doing that. Right. right. So anything else that needs to happen gets fit in around those reserved blocks. Awesome. And, and there's always something on fire. Uh, for greater or lesser definitions of on fire, and sometimes it is me doing it to myself. This week I redesigned, or not redesigned, I designed a new t-shirt logo for summer reading because the ones that were offered to us for ordering were ranged from childish to just dumb. So I, I understand completely. Um, but yeah, so there's mm-hmm. usually something else that needs to be done. And in the rare occasion that there isn't, I try to keep my desk from disappearing under piles because that was what I forgot to mention during how do you keep yourself organized? I subscribe <laughs> to the pile system. Ah, yes. The pile system, which is great until they get so high that they start avalanching and merging. Which is why you really need to get to keep those piles down, and that way you spend a day on each pile because each pile represents it. Yeah. And one of my days of the week is set aside for making sure my office and my desk do not disappear under a blizzard of paper. Yeah. Have you tried the cat system of of organization? Uh, it doesn't allow for piles. Uh, mm-hmm because the cat every so often just comes over and knocks everything off the desk. I might have to try that. I've been meaning to see if we could get a library cat. So yeah, Uh, you, you can't have mine uh, even though that's like, you can't see it, but like the, I have a desk behind me and it's got a nice neat row of books and then all this empty space because Mm -hmm. if I don't leave that empty space, Sergey just walks up behind me and I'll be on a con call or something and wham, a notebook or uh, a, game box or something ends up on the floor and it's like, then the swearing starts. So, oh, 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 speak of the devil. Hi, <laughs> Sergi. I was Re- just looking at the pictures that Shep posted online of him holding the Amazon box hostage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you going to, yeah, you can go into that cat bed. There's no one there. It's fine. Uh, there's a, a self-heating cat bed next to the window. Oh. 
So, and it's pressure activated. So when a cat lays down on it, it, it starts to heat, but until then it doesn't, Oh sure. You're going to attack the, uh, the cord mm-hmm. for my, for my headphones. That's what cords are for, right? That's what cords are for. Yeah. I loved, I, I could, I could, unplug the cord there and plug it in closer to me, but uh, I'll, I'll just let him. Oh yeah. That's it. Eat the USB charging cable, the metal one. That'll taste great. <laughs> so, all right. Daily routine. Uh, how do you find stuff? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, probably have that one covered. Yeah. Yep. Well, then that brings us to uh, what's the best advice you've been given or the advice you'd give someone else. This was the hardest one for me to make notes for because I kind of, and this was the one that like kind of drove me to make notes. Cause I was like, I'm going to sit there and go, um, for five minutes otherwise. <laughs> um, but when I thought about it, I was able to come up with a few things. Um, and I don't remember exactly how the first one was worded, but it just like, it came for me where I lived. It was something along the lines of doing your best does not mean working yourself to destruction. Right. And uh, as someone who was not only assigned female at birth, Mm -hmm. but as previously mentioned, raised in a conservative Christian cult that was very much of the uh, women as help meets. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, I have a really hard time. I'm still working on internalizing that one. Yeah. I like, it's one of those things that I know intellectually to be true, but in my heart of hearts, I don't actually believe that I am doing my best unless I am willing to destroy myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, But like, I think my favorite thing is there's a comic going around with the quote from Carrie Fisher that's like I want to do and the person is like I want to do this thing but I'm scared and Carrie Fisher's voice comes out of the heaven and says be afraid but do it anyway right and then the person what if they don't like it fuck them (laughs) (laughs) and so that is the attitude that I am attempting to to cultivate in myself because I do have anxiety in addition to my depression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I am never going to reach a point where I'm not scared to do things, but I'm getting better at being afraid and doing it anyway. Uh, oh yeah. And considering that it turns out no one knew this, I guess until we started paying attention until after she died, that she was possibly one of the, great comedic geniuses Mm -hmm. as a script fixer and, and all these other things in the background. Um, and, and wasn't just, you know, uh, the actress. Yeah. You know, and I can only imagine how scary that must've been the first time she did it to find out she was good at it. Mm -hmm. You know? So, wow. Uh, so how about, are you, are you ready for the, for the, the two, the, the, how to, the, the sad and easy and the, the difficult and happy questions? Yes. All right. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it in that order. Um, how do you deal with failure or missing a goal? 
Um, well, for a, this is something that is, I think, always going to be a work in progress. For a lot mm-hmm. of times, it was just full-on anxiety avoidance, pretending that whatever it was never existed in the first place, which is obviously super healthy. Yeah, uh, incredibly healthy. Yeah, I don't see why more people don't. Right? Um, <laughs> and, again, this is a thing that parenting has really helped me with mm-hmm. because I have many children and a lot of them struggle with the ability with being willing to persevere when they have failed at something. Right. My eight year old in particular currently is really struggling with at the first sign of trouble goes, I'll never be able to do it and flings herself full length on the nearest soft surface. Oh Yes. And so I, sometimes I have to talk to myself as though I am eight or mostly I'm a petulant five-year-old inside mm. and be like, it's, you, you can, can you fix this? What can you do? How can you, how can you salvage this? Um, but one of the things that I'm really working to internalize, especially in the day job is that there is, is no such thing as a library emergency. No, not really. Yeah, like the only time that it comes close is times that we've had to call 911 for patrons who needed paramedics. In that case, it wasn't a library emergency. It was a medical emergency. But when I when I miss, when I fail at something, it's a blow to my ego, but nobody's going to die. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to get severely ill so far (laughs) in the current day and age who can say but (sighs) but like i had a major project that i was i've been trying to do for several for the past couple of years and i've recently had to admit at least temporary defeat is i would we're a city library and we're Mm -hmm. the only branch in the reasonably large city and there are a lot of kids who don't have transportation to the li- to get to the library. Oh yeah. And so I tried doing a thing whereby um, we would sign kids up for cards at the schools, and then they could put things on hold, and I would deliver them out to the schools and pick them up. And we had a reasonable amount of success, but it I had to acknowledge that it was too big to handle because my city is the largest school district in the state. There are 2,000 uh, children enrolled in the school district. I was not trying to serve every school, but even the small number of schools I was trying to serve, it we did not have the staff capacity to make that many library cards. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a lot. Physically. Um, and we tried a couple of different strategies, and it just didn't work, and we'll probably revisit it at some point when we mm-hmm. figure out a technological workaround that allows us to do it without having to have a person sit down and make every library card. Yeah, it is a, it is a bit of a, a bit of a thing. Uh, yeah. And I'm a mm-hmm. department of one. So like I had some other staff agree to help me here and there, but it was, it was a lot. And so I've, and it makes me really sad that this is not working right now, but also I, and this is the thing is that I struggle with knowing when to quit, honestly, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I may be familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, and so I actually recently found a really good series of books that are aimed at writers, but it deals with a lot of psychological concepts that I think are universal. And I found them because they were recommended in another writing book, and I, I just recommended them to my mom, honestly, who do, who is not a writer, but I thought that she would benefit. The first one is, Dear Writer, You Need to Quit. <laughs> and the second one is, Dear Writer, You're Doing It Wrong. Mm-hmm. And the third one is, Dear Writer, Are You in Burnout? These are all good questions. Yeah, and like I said, they're aimed at writers because the author is someone who has been a career coach for writers for oh. a long time. And so she wrote about the things she saw over and over. But a lot of it is stuff like like the first one especially is like, you need to quit. And there were different chapters, but the thrust of it was, you need to quit believing that other people's system is the only way you can be successful. And that blows so many people's minds when you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll send you, I'll email you the links to those as well. Oh, please. I would love to see those. Yeah. And so that has been really helpful. I'm still, still struggling with it. Um, but I am slowly learning how and when I should set boundaries and how and when I should say, this is not a thing I can do right now. And that's okay. I can try again later if I think I will have better success, but it is okay if I can't do this right now. Yes. And sometimes it's, it's a hard lesson to learn. It is. It is. So, but yeah, so basically I'm working to be kinder to myself when I fail and to look at the reason I'm failing. And a lot of the time, the reason I'm failing is that I tried to do too much and yeah, there's there's just not not enough hours in the day, spoons in the drawer, uh, mm-hmm. what have you. Believe me, I, I'm also familiar with that feeling. Was that your me? That's you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so, let's look at the flip side of that coin. Uh, what about? Do you celebrate your successes? And if you do, how? And if you don't, why not? (laughs) (laughs) This is something, oh, wow, you're adding, you're really coming for us now. Yeah, well, because there are enough people who are like, oh, I don't really do it. And I'm like, well, then why not? Why not? You know? Um, And so this is, again, something that I'm working on. Um, But like uh, something that I stole from the Ditch Diggers podcast and modified a little bit. (laughs) uh, When I finish a first draft, I get sushi and I get ice cream. Okay. Uh, it can be grocery store sushi from the one near my house that has good sushi. It could be that I go to the place with the uh, crunchy crab roll that I like. It's it's very scalable. Depending. Yeah. And so, but it's just like a little something to acknowledge that I did the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing has been done. There will be more things to do, but for right now. Enjoy it. Yes. Um, And I am very fortunate to have some very good friends, both in my workplace and in my pocket that I can go to if I succeed at something. And I can say, even if it's a small thing, and I can say, I need you to validate me. 
and I told yeah. them what I just did, and they tell me that it's awesome and that they're proud of me. I pocket friends are great for that. Mm-hmm. And in a similar vein, um, I have a couple. Depending on what it is I'm writing, I have some friends that I can go to when I'm writing something, uh, because I found. And I hear this from other people, too, so I don't think it's just me. I think it's a creatives thing. Um, Around the time I hit about two-thirds done with something, Mm -hmm. I suddenly start believing that it is utter dreck. Why did I think I could do this? Nobody is going to want this. And so I have some friends, different friends, maybe depending on different things that I'm writing, who will go and who will read it and be like, this is this is good. I want to know what happens next. Uh, you get about twice as far as Ursula does, honestly. <laughs> uh, when my friends and I were trying to write short novels and trying to hit 50K, we called it the 30K wall. Because mm-hmm. we would be like, why is this suddenly so hard? And we'd look at our word count and realize we were just past 30,000 words and go, uh, yeah, and that, and that helped just like even just knowing that other people do this that this is a normal thing and it will pass is helpful yeah uh, there's that you know that that validation the only frustrating thing I have about it is the person who usually gets to who, who reads that then to validate <laughs> it is me and then uh-huh. I sometimes have to wait a year before I get to get to the end of the story and uh, that's a long time to wait yeah well I, I think I read the first part of Paladin's Grace two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the first parts of, of Clockwork Boys way before that. And yeah, that, she had that one cooking for a while, I think you guys said. Same with Minor Mage. I read Minor Mage early on. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, right around the 30, 40,000 word mark. Uh, and I'll be honest, I still haven't finished it. Mm-hmm. Because I, it released, usually uh, there's a print version and I get a print version immediately. I didn't get a printer digital version immediately, so. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, it will happen. Yeah, eventually I will get to see the end of the story. I know how it ends because she always has her little, her little like marks. Ah, this probably happens. This probably happens. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, yeah. So, but having, being able to have friends that you can just go to and say, hey, I did the thing. And there to go, yeah, you did the thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, say, I'm not sure if, if this is working. And for them to go, yeah, this is working. As long as they tell you, well, you know, maybe you need to tune here and here. Mm-hmm. Is, is a fantastic thing. Yes. At the, having that network. Yeah, it's really, really important. And for a while, I didn't realize how important it was to me personally, because I am a very introverted person. But... Uh, I just, I, I don't necessarily need to have like throngs of friends, but I need mm-hmm. to have people that I can trust to be in my corner when I need to be reassured that I'm yeah. not terrible at something or that, no, you're not wrong. This is, this thing that's happening is wrong. You are fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe the, the there's nothing wrong with the book as a whole. Just maybe you need to tune this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, anything else on the celebration front? I think that's most of it. Most of it is, uh, yeah, I am, I am a, a person who deeply needs the reassurance of others. Like I'm mm-hmm. learning to take satisfaction in myself, but 
having other people to celebrate with me is very important to me. And it's, it's tough if you come from an environment where that isn't celebrated. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we're in a lot of ways, uh, like excellence was expected. And so mm-hmm. it, and so it's, yeah, if you, if you did it, what you were supposed to do, it was invisible and nobody noticed unless you didn't. Yeah. And that's, that's really difficult. That's always a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and not exactly the best of head spaces to grow up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes go I- you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that like, I have a lot of siblings because quiverful, I'm the oldest of seven and it's really helpful sometimes mm-hmm. when I remember something or when I let myself fully accept the ramifications of something to have someone else who was there to text and be like, do you ever think about how this is trauma all the way down? And yeah. my sister who's a therapist is like, Oh yeah. Sometimes I'm talking to my coworkers and they're like, what? Right. Yeah. So, um, wow. Uh, that's everything. Yeah. All right. So where can we find your books? Where can we find more of this, this stuff that you do? Yeah. Um, so I have a couple different pen names, although one of see also the trying to do too much. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is mostly on hiatus in that I'm not actively working on new stuff for it, but the books are still up there and I do plan to finish that series someday. So um, I have a polyamorous romance published as Sierra Lane on Amazon. Okay. Uh, Two paranormal romances. Um, One is a standalone. The other is the first in a series that I swear I'm going to finish someday. Right on. it, it it does have a satisfying story ending to the story arc within it. It's just, there's also more to come. There's, there's, there's more stories to be told. Yeah. Yes. Um, my primary active pen name right now is Ariel Bishop. And I write uh, queer hockey romances. That is, that is big time stuff right there too. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't have enough money to market myself to the level of visibility that some people do, but I have put out four books in the series so far. I have at least four more planned. Um, it's going slower than it did when I first started, because when I first started, I was like, if I can just do enough, and if I can just release enough, then I can make money at this, and I can stop doing my job. And <laughs> as and yep. I don't knew that that was not going to work out, but I needed something like a ray of hope at that point. Mm-hmm. I pushed too hard and burned myself out. So those are not forthcoming as fast, yeah. but they are forthcoming. And I'm actually co-authoring a novella with a friend of mine who also writes square hockey romance. And that one is going to be released on March 31st. Cool. Her name is Michaela Gray and the novella is Odd Man Rush. Writing down. 
and that one is up for pre-order on Amazon currently. Um, so, uh, I was just being a general cheerleader and helper and cover designer for her, but she, when she was like, I'm getting stressed, I don't know if I can get everything that needs to be done on this done in time. I was like, do you want me to write things? And she's like, would you? So we're <laughs> collaborating and we're having a very fun time doing it. That's always, that's always good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I do cover design at purpledragondesign.com. And you're going to send me links to all of these. I'm right? going to send you links to all of this and titles and authors of the books I mentioned. Okay, awesome. Um, And if you want to come and talk to me on Twitter about uh, parenting and library or and or libraries and or hockey, especially since the NHL had to suspend the season. I know. (laughs) uh, uh, At least one of the Discord servers I'm in is planning on doing a rotating schedule of streaming old games just so we don't die of withdrawal. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, well you know i could i can watch the um the 2006 stanley cup game seven over and over <laughs> and over again if for no other reason to go their dad and i so yeah oh, <laughs> that's exciting i have only recently only last year got to go to my first live games so uh, okay yeah but I was in Nashville a couple of weeks ago for a conference and I was able to afford tickets to two games in the time I was there. So that was fun. Yeah. uh, I, before the second bubble burst, I guess it was uh, uh, the, the 2008 recession. Mm -hmm. um, Or right in that time period, I had uh, season tickets. Mm. at uh, um, what is now the um, uh, uh, I will always think of it as the Raleigh Entertainment Entertainment Sports Arena mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, whatever the the bank is that that owns it starts or has the naming rights starts with a P um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so we had season tickets and so we went to the playoff games because we could and yeah, yeah uh, and they stayed in the family when I couldn't afford them. I signed over the, the account. So it is a consistent account. It's not a new account and all that to mm-hmm. mom and dad who've just been using the daylights out of it. Awesome. So but if people yeah. want to come and yell at me about things on the Twitters, oh, I am yeah. uh, a Bishop author on there. Yay. And I think that's where we're, was it because you were listening or was it on when I put out the call on Twitter? Oh, it's both actually. Okay. Uh, I sent in a note to thank you and Ursula for doing it and volunteered as tribute. And then you put out the call on Twitter. So I answered that one. And then you emailed me like two days after we set up the appointment to be like, <laughs> I read your letter. Here's it. Here's it. Here's yeah. how yeah. Like, we're good. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. I, it didn't even, like the, the, the synapses did not connect. Oh, no, I have been there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have definitely been like, oh, so I knew that this thing was on this day, and I knew that this thing was on this day, and it did not connect that this was the same day, and that was <laughs> right? the same time. Yeah, it happens. And it's like, oh, right, this this is the same person. Oops. 
Okay. Well, we're we're okay there. Okay. Never mind. Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to say to our 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 lovely listeners? Oh, nothing I can think of. I think I have. I think I have talked myself uh, out at the moment. Uh, awesome. All right. Well then, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, for those of you listening at home, we will be right back after this. great time talking to Sarah. I mean, come on. Is that not awesome? The, the, all the stuff she's doing, all the stuff she's got going on and uh, the term pocket friends, you know, the people on your phone. It's oh yeah. I, I use yeah. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is our badge code this week. Pocket friends. Pocket friends, all one word. Plural. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, I'm very grateful for all of you pocket friends, because uh, this would be much scarier if we didn't have this vast web of connections of people we could talk to. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I really want to thank everybody who's been uh, commenting or just saying how much they like my chicken pictures every day. So, you know, I I feel like I'm doing something good with that, even if it's just me going out once or twice a week and taking pictures of the chickens. I mean, we are we are all in this together and Mm -hmm. and attempting to to do what we can to lift each other's spirits. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you want to find out what the badge codes are all about, go to ProductivityAlchemy.com. There's a badge how-to. It explains what they are and how to claim them. Uh, If you wish to support your local food bank instead of supporting us financially this week, I understand they're having a real rough time. And we wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly support that. Absolutely. If you insist on supporting us financially on top of that, maybe as an extra, no, no pressure. No pressure. Times are tough all over. I dig it. Um, I have a coffee um, at coffee.com slash ksunny. Uh, there's the Patreon. Uh, uh, Ursula V. Ursula V. And there's that's all in the support section of the website. Honestly, uh, I just like hearing from you. Letters, comments. Uh, a letter is, is totally yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it there, makes him happy. It does. Uh, I'm always thrilled to hear from you. And thinking of thrilled to hear from people, I sat down. I'm not going to do this as a regular episode, folks. Had a long conversation with Dino this past weekend. So there will be at least one Dino special coming up sort of outside the normal release. uh, Because I know a lot of people enjoy it, but it doesn't quite fit into the regular discussion thing. So I'll be figuring that out as we go. Uh, that's it for this week. Yeah. So stay safe, stay healthy out there. Um, don't touch your face, wash your hands and try to 
stay productive. And if you can't, hey, neither can we. 